You're listening to Seattle Sports Saturday with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. If you missed any of our number one, make sure you're downloading the podcast, 710sports.com. Click on On Demand. We're there for you. Also, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcasts, you can find us there. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. We're taking you up until 1 o'clock here this afternoon on 710 ESPN Seattle. Still lots in store for you, including our keys to a Seahawks victory over the New York Giants. That's coming up in about 30 minutes from now. And also taking a trip around the NFL, look at some of the biggest headlines in the league heading into Week 13. Uh, as there's some good games, some games that Seahawks fans will have a big interest in, including that Arizona uh, against L.A. game tomorrow as the Rams take on the Cardinals. That one's going to have plenty of implications here in the NFC West. But before we get into all of that, Taylor, let's get into this hour's big three. Number one. Well, college football in full action today. Not a lot of cancellations. I'll get into that later. You got some ranked teams playing each other. You got some ranked teams in action early on today. Ohio State, number four in the nation, leading Michigan State 38-10. Number five, Texas A&M with an 11-point lead over Auburn. One minute left in that game, so it looks like the Aggies most likely going to move to 7-1 and one on the season. Oklahoma State, though, narrowly leads TCU 22-21 there. 12 minutes left in the fourth there for the number 15th-ranked Cowboys. And the shocker of the early morning games, Rice up on Marshall 20 to nothing over the 21-ranked Marshall, the thundering herd. Uh, they are currently losing to Rice. And uh, Notre Dame, Syracuse just getting underway. Notre Dame up early. North Carolina winning. You got Florida, Tennessee, Iowa State, West Virginia, Indiana, Wisconsin. A couple of ranked teams playing each other. UW, Stanford, 1 p.m., so don't miss that one. And then the other big ticket item on the week, BYU versus Coastal Carolina, the powerhouse of Coastal Carolina. So uh, the cancellations this week, not a big list, but Maryland versus Michigan. Number 14, Northwestern versus Minnesota. Boise State and UNLV. Vandy versus Georgia, all canceled or postponed this week. Number two. NBA training camps open this week after the shortest offseason in league history. Still one blockbuster move made as camp got underway. Washington, the Wizards, sending a first-round pick and longtime point guard John Wall to the Houston Rockets for Russell Westbrook. Both teams swapping players, earning that super max contract. Both players earning about $41 million this season. They get swapped for each other. Westbrook on his third team in three seasons after spending over a decade in OKC. Also announced this week, the 2020 NBA schedule. It'll be played entirely outside of the bubble for now. On Tuesday, December 22nd, that's when the season tips off. Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets facing off against his old buddies, the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry will travel to Brooklyn for that one. Later that night, Lakers, they'll receive their championship rings, take on the 
cross arena, cross hallway rivals, the LA Clippers on Christmas Day, five games filling out the entire schedule, including Zion Williamson, the Pelicans taking on the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat, Warriors against the Bucks, Nets and Celtics, Kyrie Irving, his first game against Boston, Mavericks, Lakers, and the nightcap Clippers against the Nuggets. NBA just a couple weeks away from starting. Feels like their season just ended. Buckle up, everybody. Number three. Well, we've heard the phrase before, but currently in the world of the NFL, time is a flat circle. As we don't know when the week starts, when the week ends. Is a Wednesday game part of week 13 or part of week 14? Is a Tuesday game still a marquee game? Well, we're going to find out a lot of those things this week as we head into another weird one. No Thursday night football, two Monday night football games, and one Tuesday night football game. So get ready for that. In the AFC, the 8-3 Browns will take on the 8-3 Titans, which will be a great showdown between those two teams. Are the Browns for real? We'll find out tomorrow. Will the Titans figure things out? They're almost like the AFC equivalent of the Seahawks, so it's nice to sort of see what they do. Seahawks and them, equal records, sort of equal sort of paths to those 8-3 and three as well. So we're going to find out a lot tomorrow in the AFC, but in the NFC West, don't forget, Rams taking on the Cardinals. A lot of interest for Seahawks fans positioning in conference, head-to-head matchups, what the division looks like, what the conference looks like. A lot of big impact in that one. And then on Monday night, one of the weird games to be taking place on Monday, the Niners will quote-unquote host the Bills from Glendale, Arizona. So and the uh, San Francisco 49ers, again, forced to move to Santa Clara or because of the Santa Clara County COVID restrictions. So they're playing in AZ, but not they're not bearing down. They're in Glendale. No, no, no. Yeah, they're uh, they're closer to Sun Devil country than they are to Wildcat yeah, country. Yeah, exactly. We'll keep it that way. Sun Devils yep. and 49ers, in my book, kind of the same breed. Uh, very fitting that they're neighbors now down in Arizona. Cut the from the same cloth, if you will, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's very safe to say. Uh, that is this hour's big three. Some honorable mentions. The college football playoff rankings announced this week. Not a lot of change at the top. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Clemson. And number four, Ohio State, which has only played four games. And I believe to qualify for the college football playoff, you have to play seven games. Is that correct? And there's I a think thought- so, yeah. There's a thought that they might not get that seventh game in if they don't qualify for the Big Ten championship game. Uh, so can Ohio State find a way to get into the college football playoff? Kind of the big question right now. I think they would get in if they went out, but uh, you know, who knows if they can get it going there. I know they've had some, some uh Issues with COVID in that locker room. Uh, head coach Ryan Day, I believe, tested positive recently. Uh, and so they're missing, I think, 23 players today because of it. But they're getting that one in. And like you mentioned, Taylor, in your big three, number 14, BYU, number 18, Coastal Carolina. Uh, the rivalry game that we didn't know ever existed until now. This one for all the marbles. Uh, but or at least a chance at a New Year's Six Bowl game, which both those teams very interested in getting. But uh, you mentioned it's the highest ticket in the college football this season, correct? 
cheapest ticket as of right now, $550. Average ticket price up near $700 for some of those retail tickets So, or resell tickets. Pardon me. So... Who'd have thunk that the uh, these two quote unquote powerhouses both nine and zero, which is again really surprising. I know uh, a lot of uh, Montlake fans have some feelings about BYU and their strength of schedule and the choice of games they've made so far. But uh, eleven point favorites should be a fun one here. Two thirty kickoff, uh, sort of sandwiched in between the UW Stanford and Oregon California games. So. Yeah, I, I last I checked, number eighteen is higher than number twenty three. So I would schedule the number it eighteen is. team over the number twenty three team. Uh, you know, tough tough break for you Husky fans out there. But look, yeah. BYU is looking out for themselves at, at the end of the day, and just as the Huskies are looking out for themselves at the end of the day. And then also an honorable mention NHL. It's been kind of quiet when they were going to get their season underway with the NBA just a couple weeks away. Uh, as those seasons kind of run congruent to each other, normally it uh, looks like the NHL is going to get their season going in mid-January. At least that's what sources have told ESPN uh, over the last couple of days. And remember, this is the final season before the Kraken get underway at the 2021-2022 uh, season. So, uh, you know, best to get this season out of the way and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're able to attend some games at Climate Pledge Arena once the crack can get underway because uh, I don't know about you, Taylor, but I'm very much looking forward to attending those games in person. It's a much different feel uh, watching hockey in person than it is on the television. It's still a great watch on television, don't get me wrong, but being there in person, it is a whole nother vibe and, and one that everybody needs to experience. And being a season ticket holder, I would like to attend and sit in the seats that I'm currently paying for <laughs> to go and watch the games later on at some point. So, uh, but we're we're so excited! I, I cannot wait for the the team to get here, and also this influx of new athletes. We all know how great hockey athletes are in the community, and you know a lot of them are Canadian, and they're so polite and kind. Let's let's get some more of those athletes in and around this community. Let's make let's get some of these rinks built. Let's get it into the 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 fabric of what makes Seattle because I know they're going to support one hundred percent, and I can't wait to be there with my fellow Seattleites, fellow Kraken. We're going to get a Kraken. Yeah, we're we're going to get it cracking. You mentioned getting the rinks built. I believe the team facility in Northgate, that facility is getting pretty close to to finishing up there. I mean, there've been some pretty impressive uh, pictures coming from that from uh, various people who've been able to get a sneak peek at what's going on over there. So shout out to them. Shout out to everybody working uh, in those construction jobs at the arena and at the facility. Uh, you're definitely definitely uh, important. No doubt about that cuz uh, a lot of hockey fans in this town, as we found out, what was it, 30,000 ticket deposits in about 10 minutes. Uh, there's only going to be, what, like 20,000 seats in the arena. So yep. uh, shout, out, shout out to people coming out for that. Also, in this hour, we're going to get you the keys to a Seahawk victory over the Giants as well as our shout outs. But before we get into all of that, we'll take a trip around the NFL, look at some of the biggest headlines heading into week three. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. 
Some good college football news before we get into the NFL headlines here. Uh, Washington State, they've cleared testing and will travel this afternoon down to Los Angeles to take on the Trojans tomorrow. So good on the Cougs for being able to get that one in. You'll hear that tomorrow, I believe, on 770 KTTH, our sister station, because uh, it'll be going on at the same time as the Seahawks. So a uh, little balancing act we're going to have to do with that, but uh, yeah, if you're a diehard Coug over everything, that's where you'll want to go tomorrow. But right now, NFL headlines: Taylor, the Raiders, they're going to be out. They're going to be missing some very key contributors tomorrow. Josh Jacobs, the running back, safety Jonathan Abram. Raiders, one of those teams that is, I think, surprised this year, where they're still in the playoff hunt. I don't know if anybody expected them to be in the playoff hunt this late in the year. But those two injuries, those could uh, really have a big impact on their game tomorrow. Yeah, and you never want to see my cousin Josh Jacobs not in the lineup. Cousin (laughs) in a loose term. But, uh, yeah, they're they're going up against the Jets again next week's opponent for the Seahawks. So a little bit of a preview. But with a win, they moved to 7-5, would be 5-2 away from Las Vegas this season. They're currently eight-point favorites to do it, and... You know, unfortunately, Derek Carr's had a little bit of an up-and-down season, or else this team might be in the more serious conversations for AFC contenders. They've already beat the Chiefs once. So, touche to John Gruden in the front office there, trading away some players and getting rid of Antonio Brown at the right time. And, boy, oh, boy, it looks like they're, they're ready to be one of those teams that contends year in and year out in the AFC and... You know, the AFC West looks like one of those, to be honest, looks like the NFC West. And it looks like it's going to be one of those divisions where it's going to be tougher and tougher to win. Justin Herbert, as he takes the next step forwards over there, you know, can Denver get back on track at some point? You're talking about a really solid four teams there in the AFC West. Yeah, our Raiders right now currently holding on the eighth spot in the AFC, which is a game out of the playoffs. But if it comes down to it, the NFL has said their contingency plan would to have would be have eight teams in the playoffs. So the Raiders, kind of in this weird state of limbo right now. They have played a very tough strength of schedule. Five eighty five is their opponent winning Ooh. percentage this season. So they still have a winning record against that. I think that's due in large part to the Kansas City uh, ten and one record right now. But hey, yeah. they're the one on Kansas City's ten and one. So mm-hmm. uh, an interesting time of it for the Raiders right now. Eagles, they're still reeling from their just, I don't know if embarrassing is the effort that you want to say against the Seahawks, but, you know, the turnovers, the sacks, their offense is a mess. Carson Wentz taking full accountability for his performance. Doug Peterson, the head coach, saying that he hasn't received any assurances that he'll be back next season. This is a guy who brought Philadelphia their only Super Bowl victory just a couple seasons ago. Taylor, this Eagles team and just where they have gone to after such an incredible high that they were on a couple of years ago, how do they get this figured out? Because I think it starts and ends right now with their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you you literally just nailed it right there. With Carson Wentz, it's so confusing, right? Did the injuries really impact him that much? Why has his mental focus really 
feels like it's lacking. He's making really bad decisions. He was, you know, a strong MVP candidate when he was healthy. And to see him like this, it's confusing. And look, they took Jalen Hurts as well, right? I'm sure that didn't help the mentality. They had some confusion about who was starting a couple plays uh, against the Seahawks, both of them in the huddle there. I don't know if it was a trick play or miscommunication, but... It just feels like they sort of got a great hand in cards and they just misplayed every single card. And and it's really confusing to see this team, you're right, so recently removed from a Super Bowl win, looking so lost out there and, the, and having a lot of these big holes on both sides of the ball where you're really confused about, you know, what what's happening here. Now they're defensive line is still getting after the quarterback and they got some guys on that team who can still play some football but they need to figure it out at the quarterback position and quick or else this this winning franchise might slip away yeah they are in a very bad space right now who knows what they're going to be able to do going forward especially the rest of the season and what's crazy is that they're just a game out of the playoffs in the nfc east this giants team uh, with a, I believe a half game lead on them because Philadelphia's with three seven and one, New York is four seven, or four and seven. So, uh, just a bizarre turn of events in Philadelphia. It, it's like they were born on third base. You know, you had a an MVP candidate in Carson Wentz just a couple of years ago in year two, and now, holy cow! Like they couldn't turn that into anything. Just evaporating before our very eyes strange to see and also it it it, inc- it i think it makes teams that are in that window of contention it makes it even more important when you find yourself there to do everything you can to maximize that opportunity because they are so fleeting in the nfl look at the rams two seasons ago they were in the super bowl and now their roster is completely different than what it once was they're still in the hunt in the nfc but they're not that team that they once were and look at the Niners too, right? Decimated by injuries as well. And how, what will they look like next year? Is Richard Sherman going to come back there, take maybe less money, uh, you know, just because he has had some of those injury concerns the past few seasons? Uh, you're, you're totally right. And NFL, we know not for long, but uh, the sense of urgency, some of these teams at the top, and you almost feel it here in Seattle, right? The Jamal Adams trade, trying to get these deals in, you know, Chris Carson hasn't gotten paid. DK Metcalf's about to get paid at some point. Like, there are some things coming up for the Seahawks. Carlos Dunlap has some money he's due. So, some questions for the Seahawks team, but the sense of urgency, it's there. They got to win. They're going for it and making moves like that. Also, in the division tomorrow, the NFC West, Rams taking on the Cardinals. That one's also going to be played in Glendale. You look at those two teams, they've been nipping at the Seahawks' heels all season long. Which one are you rooting for tomorrow, Taylor? Gosh, it's tough. It's almost like I want the Cardinals just because we've already played them. Like, get them out of it. You have to play the Rams again, so you might be able to give them another L. But uh, I don't know, Curtis. I'm truly conflicted in this one. It feels like I don't want a tie. I want a tie. It's the most un-American thing I can possibly say, but I want to tie in this game. No one wins. It hurts both of them. Keep them further behind the Seahawks. It doesn't help them. So um, 
maybe just uh, a bunch of like little just sort of weird mishaps. Everyone's confidence is shook and someone squeaks out a victory in the end. I like that. I like that. I think of these two teams, I think I would root for the Cardinals in this one because if they beat L.A. and Seattle wins, then you have a two-game lead in the NFC West rather than a one-game lead. I think I'm going Cardinals tomorrow in that one. Uh, It's weird. The Cardinals fans, I don't think they're very pleased with Cliff Kingsbury's decision-making at times. I wonder if that's going to factor in because when you look at the two head coaches, Sean McVay and Kingsbury, I don't think there's any question that McVay is the better of the two coaches. Uh, so it'll be, if it comes down to that, uh, I think, you know, the Rams may have the edge in that one, but I am going to be rooting for the Cardinals to get that victory because uh, two game lead in the NFC West, especially on two teams that. Uh, or well, on one team that has the tiebreak over you and the Rams, that is uh, incredibly useful this time of year. Uh, and then speaking of the rest of the NFC West, Niners, Bills on Monday night, 49ers need that win. Do you see them getting it? Buffalo has been a really good team this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting it. I think Buffalo is really good, and they're hungry, right? They know what they're playing for. Um, Look, the, the AFC East has some solid teams. The the Bills and the Dolphins have looked solid. And look, the Seahawks thank got to thank the Dolphins for a lot this season and might be sending them a lot of edible arrangements this next month if uh, things continue to shake out for the Seahawks. But I think the Bills just a little bit too talented. They're not as hurt. And uh, I, I see Buffalo walking away with the victory, moving to 9-3 and three as well, right? Yeah. No one, no one circles those wagons like the Buffalo Bills, uh, as, right. as we've been told once or twice. Yeah, Buffalo nine and three. Jeez, they're they're good. They're real good. Yeah. Uh, and then two Monday night games and a Tuesday night game this week. That's just life in the NFL in twenty twenty. Uh, a triple header, sort of, between Monday and Tuesday night. Uh, who knows when these weeks end and when they don't, but uh, shout out to just getting these games in. Washington, Pittsburgh, the Monday uh, matinee, Bills yeah. 49ers, the primetime game, and then Tuesday, Cowboys Ravens, Des Bryant, his first game back, I believe, and it's against Dallas, so that'll be an interesting one, too. Plenty to look and forward Curtis, to here. Yeah. On Tuesday, you can watch it with me on Twitch. At my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Taylor Jacobs, because it was supposed to be on Thursday, and I stream the (laughs) Thursday night football games with the NFL. So come Tuesday, let's watch this game. Let's see Des Bryant get some revenge. Absolutely, yeah. And if if you don't have cable and you can't watch it on your TV, you can watch it for free with Taylor on Twitch, so make sure you're checking that out. Uh, it's always a blast, especially in yeah. the chat there. Uh, so make sure, and there's probably going to be some familiar voices here at 710 that you know and love. Uh, they're going to be dropping by as well. So a lot of fun. It's your direct line, Curtis. Direct sure. line to talk to some of your favorite 710 hosts right on the Twitch page. Always a blast. Uh, coming up, we need your shout-outs to the Busy Art Seltzer text line 710-710. Before we do that, we'll give you our keys to a Seahawk victory over the Giants. That's next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. 
Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back in. Plenty of shout-outs coming your way in about 15 minutes as we do every single Saturday here on Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. We're with you for the next about half hour or so. Would have been getting you set for Cougar basketball, but that one's not coming your way today uh, as that game against Colorado has been postponed. Tomorrow, Cougs take on USC. You can hear that on our sister station, 770 KTT. KTTH, and then also Seahawks taking on the Giants. 10 o'clock pregame show, 105 kickoff right here on 710 ESPN Seattle and 97.3 Cairo FM. Uh, but that Giants team, 4-7, and seven, they've won three in a row. They're coming into Seattle. You know, 4-7, and seven, not very intimidating when you look at an opponent. And, and Taylor, I think if Seattle kind of keeps everything in front of them, Tomorrow, they're going to have a really good shot at beating this Giants team. Don't get too fancy. Don't get, uh, you know, don't have to overthink things in order to beat this Giants team. Just keep it in front of you. Looking at some of these keys to a victory tomorrow, Taylor, what do you think is going to be the most important thing for the Seahawks team as they take on the Giants? Yeah, I mentioned it in the last hour, but to me, it's that run game. If you if you can stop the Giants' run game from establishing itself, letting Colt McCoy be comfortable and managing this game, they don't put too much pressure on him to throw early and accomplish a lot with his arm. Um, because if you look at it, too, Daniel Jones was also their leading rusher on the season for the Giants. So they lose their top passer and top rusher for the year. So they're going to lean on the next best guy at the rushing position, Wayne Gullman, right? So to me, limit his success, limit the time the Giants have that ball, keep your defense fresh off the field, let Russell Wilson control the time, let Chris Carson and that run game push things forward, and then you can really dictate, keep this game in front of you, doesn't matter the score, just keep it in control, and the Seahawks, to me, can do that if they stop the run and get off that field. Yeah, I think they're going to rely heavily upon Wayne Gallman tomorrow because of their their questions at quarterback. You know, Colt McCoy, he's a he's a serviceable backup. He's been around the league for about a decade now. Uh, you know what you're getting with him each and every time he he takes a start. He's not somebody that's going to, I think. Uh, you know, catastrophically ruin your chances of winning, but he's not really going to add much to your hopes uh, as a backup quarterback. I, putting Wayne Gallman in check, I think that is going to be a huge, huge thing for Seattle's defense tomorrow. I don't think we're going to have to worry about Colt McCoy throwing for 400 yards. Now, I say this on the air, uh, on a public format, which, and we're recording all of this, so mm-hmm. I'm sure people are listening right now, me being so dismissive of Colt McCoy throwing for 400 yards. Look, I was probably dismissive last year when Matt Schaub threw for 400 yards against the Seahawks. Hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully it doesn't come to that uh, because of the strides that the defense has made this season. But I'm just not, I'm not really worried about what Colt McCoy can bring to the table. No, and the one thing about Colt McCoy and, and Daniel Jones, yes, they can get outside of the pocket and extend to play that way, but I would trust Daniel Jones throwing and running way more than I would Colt McCoy. And if Colt McCoy gets into the open field and Jamal Adams crashes down on him, 
I mean, we saw Jamal Adams blitz on a play last week and then make the play seven yards down the field on the tackle. So that type of an athlete out there, plus the new found sort of pressure from this defensive line. I think Colt McCoy is in for a long day. He can manage a game and he can keep them close. I just don't foresee him having enough uh, points in him to score to to get this Giants team to to beat the Seahawks team. On the defensive side of the ball for Seattle, being able to build off their performances against the Cardinals and the Eagles, that's going to be huge tomorrow. Just to see the progress that they continually make. What what will you be looking for to measure the progress and and whether or not it's going in the right direction for the third straight week in a row? To me, the one thing I'll be really keen on is watching those DBs and passes broken up, passes defended, potentially interceptions, and, and what those numbers look like. Because, again, you don't really know about what what's going to happen here with Trey. Um, you're 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 getting Shaquille Griffin really back into the mix. Yes, he was back last week, but I'm talking about like fully comfortable in, in what he can do and his confidence in himself. Um, and other than that, you know, you have Dunlap, who's questionable. I think he's going to play in all indications. It looks like he's going to play. So for me, I'm keeping an eye on that secondary. And if they can take that next step forward to truly match really what the defensive line has done these past few weeks and be one of those position groups that they can lean on if, if need be. Yeah, that, that secondary with Quandre Diggs last week, he had a, a big interception late in that game when Philadelphia was driving, uh, kind of helped ice it for the Seahawks. He joined Bob or he joined Wyman and Bob earlier this week, and in cut number five, uh, he was asked whether things are, are feeling easier on the defense right now. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. You know, what I mean, we still got a lot of work to do. You know, what I mean, we got a. Uh... Well, we got five more games, you know what I mean, to go out and put a good tape on and um, to go out there and just keep the momentum going. And um, You know what I mean? We, we want to keep hitting our stride going into the playoffs, you know what I mean? So um, for us, we wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a sigh of relief, you know what I mean? I just think it's hard work that we've been doing and um, a lot of stuff that's paying off for us. What I really like about Diggs' answer there is it shows that they are not resting on their laurels. They're not satisfied with what they've accomplished this season or accomplished over the last couple of games, that they want to continue to get better and that they want to be able to say that we're not the defense that you saw us in the first half of the season, that when we have all of our pieces back and, and together and working, we're actually this very, you know, very stout group, a, a group that is limited uh, one of the best offenses in the league, Arizona, to just a, a fraction of what they normally put up. And then Philadelphia, they look just as bad against Seattle's defense as they've looked against every other defense this season. Um, you know, what what Diggs saying right there, like, you know, we, we don't feel like we're done improving. I think that is a big, big relief for a lot of people because I don't think people want the Seahawks to be, you know, okay with – uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, even though it's been, you know, a much better, you know, much better product out there, that there's still room for improvement. Yeah, you don't want to be peaking in the regular season, right? You, you as a fan or you as someone who follows a team, you want that team to be hitting their stride as the playoffs start, right? Uh, 
say what you want about the Steelers. They're doing such a great, uh, having such a great season undefeated so far. But if you go through the games and you look at the adversity they've had to overcome, there isn't a lot of that, you know, they beat this big time quarterback on the big stage. They're barely beating some of these struggling quarterbacks on some of these stages. So not having that adversity versus having some of the adversity like the Seahawks have had and having to essentially be forced by the results to play better and get better. Is that going to help the Seahawks come playoff time versus a team like the Steelers who hasn't had that adversity yet? Will we see them take a step back in the playoffs when, times get tough and and teams lay it all out on the line and they have everything to play for and everything to lose. What will those teams look like against a Steelers team who hasn't lost yet? And then also with Seattle, DK Metcalf last week, just an incredible, incredible performance against the Eagles. Uh, becoming really just the Eagles' worst nightmare, Eagles fans' worst nightmare, too. Uh, in addition to his incredible performance in the playoffs, he, his Monday night game was just amazing. He's over 1,000 yards in the season, leading the league in receiving yards. Do you think it's a DK day tomorrow? Do you think it's a Tyler day? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who do you think has the big-time performance for these Seahawks? To me, I'm leaning Lockett, and, I, and that's no disrespect to DK if you heard me over the past year and a half, even before the draft, I was pretty irrationally high on DK Metcalf. Even before the picture, I just loved the way he played at Ole Miss in the short time. But Tyler Lockett, 770 receiving yards on the season. Uh, he is Mr. Reliable. And you, you were talking about the Giants and their secondary being one of their strengths. Tyler is one of those guys who can get behind some of these people and, and truly make some big time plays. And I would would not be surprised if we're talking about Tyler Lockett again having a two three touchdown type day because he's just able to find that space behind the secondary who's focused on preventing DK Metcalf and everything he can do. Yeah, you know, if Tyler gets a two or three touchdown day, I think that makes a possible Russell Wilson five touchdown day all the more likely because uh, that's a big day for for any wide receiver getting in the end zone twice, maybe even three times. I would be here for a Tyler Lockett breakout game like that. That would be incredible to see. Uh, let's get your shout outs going to the Vizzy Hard Tel- Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line seven ten seven ten. Who are you shouting out this week? We'll give you ours. You give us yours. That's next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Just a couple of updates here as we get closer and closer to kickoff between the Huskies and Stanford. Going to be missing some key Huskies today. Uh, looks like Puka Nakua and Terrell Bynum, those two guys are going to be out. Ryan Bowman, Cooper McDonald, uh, backup quarterback Ethan Garbers. Looks like those guys are going to be out today as well. Uh, looks like Rome Adunze and Jalen McMillan, those two freshman receivers, are going to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of playing time today for UW as they take on Stanford. Obviously, UW not commenting on why these players are, are going to be out today, but you can kind of you know, paint the picture in your mind as to why that is. But, uh, yeah, Husky's going to be a little bit shorthanded going up against Stanford uh, in about 10 minutes or so. You can catch that game uh, on your television there. But uh, as we do each and every Saturday here on Seattle Sports Saturday, 
we give you our shout outs and Taylor, I'll let you go first. Uh, who do you want to shout out here? Yeah, I'm going to shout out Seattle Children's Hospital and Tops Cards for making one of the coolest things I think I've seen in some time. They collaborated to make decks of cards where the uh, proceeds go to benefit Seattle Children's Hospital. And you get 25 cards per pack. It's $25 per pack. But in that pack as well is mixed in one random autograph from one of the 25 people, one of the 25 cards um, that you have in your pack. So Ken Griffey Jr., Russell Wilson, Gary Payton, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Macklemore, a lot of the local people are available. I went out and I bought four packs just to support Children's Hospital. And if you can, they're available at Bartels. Like I said, $25. And I was able to pull... Charlie Furbush got got a oh. Dan the Man Wilson, uh, Alicia Clark of the, the Seattle Storm, and local hero, my favorite Jordan Morris. So Ooh. some really cool autographs, great cause, great stocking stuffer or holiday gift or white elephant or blue camel or whatever you're playing wherever you are, uh, a great gift for a sports fan and a great cause. So. Um, Seattle Children's so important to this community and to this country. One of the best children's hospitals in the country and the world. Uh, and I can say that confidently. So if you want to help and, and do something a little bit more positive this holiday season and give when you can, you get some cool cards out of it. And it uh, could be a fun experience to all open some packs of cards together on the holiday during the holiday season. Absolutely. No, no are very few joys in the game quite like opening up a new pack of cards because you don't know who's going to be in there. And to top it all off, these are autograph cards in there. You're only paying 25 bucks for the pack. I mean, uh, that's that's really cool that Seattle Ch- Children's is doing that and also the fact that the proceeds go directly towards them. I, I mean, that is in, an incredible thing that they're doing there. Yeah, if you get an opportunity to do that, uh, make sure you – get out to wherever it is you can find those cards. Are they anywhere else besides Bartels? I think they're probably just Bartels and make sure some of them have two pack limits. Um, So make sure you can call ahead, but they were advising that they're going to start to sell out here pretty quickly because the demand has been fairly high. But uh, I know there were some in Newcastle, had some family members pick some up. There were some available on Capitol Hill. That's where I got mine. So um, make sure you call check in stock, but uh, if you can go out and support because it's a great, great cause. And, um, Seattle Children's amazing and to pay 25 bucks to potentially get a Griffey or a Russell Wilson autograph and have a a unique piece of history. That's pretty cool. So uh, for all sports fans, I encourage you to do it. It is. And if you try to resell them, maybe donate the proceeds you get after you you resell it. That'd be a good good gesture. I see. I see some of you on StockX and eBay. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's be nice about it. (laughs) Tis the season, Curtis. Tis the season. Tis the season for giving. Um, My shout out. uh, I'm going to shout out a a few people. I'm going to shout out. the people at my physical therapy clinic who've been helping me get back uh, up walking around, shout out to them. They've yeah. been great, uh, great help. Uh, I'm out of my boot completely and, and I'm feeling great. Let's go. Uh, we're about two months removed from ankle surgery. So shout out to them uh, for all their help. Uh, it's, yeah. Great stuff there. Also shout out to my wife. Uh, she's just been yes. uh, an incredible, not just taking care of me, but also uh, having to you know carry a baby around. That's or 
that's incredible in its own way. Uh, and we're not but, even talking you know, about take, you, Curtis. I know, and I'm the biggest baby of them all. But yeah, but uh, yeah, shout out to her. Just a, a, and she, like I said, she keeps the show moving here at the Rogers household. Wouldn't be uh, anything without her. Uh, so shout out to Brenna. And yeah, and I mean, we're in the season of giving. We're just a few weeks away from from the really big holidays on the calendar. Um, you know, this year has has made it. Uh, you know, a, a very interesting holiday season for a lot of us, um, but definitely make sure that if you've got people close to you, make sure you're checking in on, on them because this has been a, a very difficult year for a lot of us. Uh, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just anybody. But, um, yeah, make sure you're checking in on them as you do. And, uh, yeah, that that's going to do it for us here on Seattle Sports Saturday. We really appreciate you tuning in. If you missed any of the show today, make sure you're downloading the podcast at 710sports.com. Click on the On Demand. Uh, later today, we've got The Huddle. We've got also Hawks Live, a re-air of that, and then also Alabama taking on, I think, LSU later on today. That's all coming your way here on 710 ESPN Seattle. For Taylor Jacobs, I'm Curtis Rogers. This has been Seattle Sports Saturday.